welcome back to another episode of the Adrian Both podcast featuring Troy Malcolm, episode number 134, AB. Thank you so much for joining us again on your own podcast. I feel privileged to have you under the spotlight again, asking you all the questions that are relevant to our listeners that come in on a weekly basis to help them out in the field create phenomenal sales businesses. How are you, Adrian, and how's your week been? Always outstanding, Troy. Yeah, great to see you. And um, we've been doing some some really great work together and some exciting stuff uh, moving forward as well. So today's topic on episode 134 are two main pillars, if you like, equally as important. Uh, what's best practice past client nurturing and what's best practice expired listing strategy? So let's take a deep dive into that, yeah? Yeah, I think that that's really important and hyper relevant right now, Adrian. We know that a lot of properties that have come on the market in January and February are still sitting on the market today, coming to the end of April, early May. So this is an incredibly important time. And we know how much our clients, our followers, our listeners, our sales agents, part of our community, fight to get those listings. So we want to make sure that we're maximizing the results, but we're also wanting to make sure that the smart brigade that are our listeners are actually going after those listings that may have been expired so they can get the maximum price and achieve a premium result for our clients being our vendors and our sellers. Absolutely. And the past clients is equally as important, Troy, because they're your incumbent raving fans and this could be quite a seducing time to go and spend almost too much money looking for new clients when you've got some really good existing clients there that you haven't nurtured well. Look, let's ideally do both, but I've certainly seen the extreme, Troy, where people are adopting, you know, quite an antiquated spray and pray letterbox drop approach when they haven't called someone that they sold a property to three years ago. That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, I reckon we start there, Adrian. I think that's actually a really great place to start is our past clients. Because like you said, they're our pathway to creating raving fans. If I could ask you, in your history and your experience, what are some of the best past client strategies to re-engage with them? Now, Adrian, here's the thing. We know that sometimes our past clients, we may have dropped the ball a little bit and not spoken to them for one or two years or sometimes even five years. What are some of the best ways that you've seen and you've coached agents to re-engage with their past clients, create value, and maybe an opportunity on the back of that for future business? Yes, there's a a few pillars to it, Troy, and it's certainly evolved over the years and I'm always trying to stay in front of, you know, what best practice is today because, let's face it, it wasn't that long ago, Troy, where best practice past client nurturing was an anniversary call once a year. Well, that's just not going to cut it anymore. Uh, We're in a post-COVID world. People are making life-changing decisions at the drop of a hat. Construction costs have gone up. Um, You can work remotely from anywhere, people are downsizing, upsizing. I mean, there's just so many changes that have occurred. Um, and in saying that, some some agents don't even do that, by the way. But the ones that are doing that, at least it's something, right? But yeah. th- this is this is this is my pillars. Pillar number one is a conversation needs to take place every three months um, for every single person that's bought and sold through you. Now, if you have a conversation, then you schedule in your CRM, whether it's Agent Box or Outlook, those two extremes, all CRMs allow you to create additional tasks. Mm-hmm. So 
if the person has no appetite to buy or sell and you had a really good conversation that might have taken three minutes or 30 minutes, it doesn't really matter, it's all about relationships, it's not about numbers, um, then you schedule a call for another three months. And what's the, the, the agenda for the call? The agenda is to add value, create awareness and create top of mind and also to uh, uh, you know, advise the client of listings and sales in the area. And potentially part of the agenda is also to provide a price update because, frankly, if you sold it for, to the, the client a year ago, well, then you know what it sold for. And unless they've made capital improvements, you should be in a position to actually provide an over-the-phone up-to-date appraisal. So, so the idea is, um, you know, every 30 days of the conversation. Now, if you can only leave a message, which is very common, um, that's not going to cut it anymore. And look, I, I'm, I'm only saying this, Troy, through my own experience. I still run an EBU and the frustration for me still comes up because, you know, you got to remember I've got 5,000 past clients because I've sold 2,500 properties. That's buyer and seller, so that's 5,000. And sometimes they do pop up. And even though I think I've got a fortified and impervious system, it can still get leakage, right? So I'll say, hey, guys, what about this one? And they say, oh, we left six messages. It's like not good enough. So now this is only a, a recent introduction into my team, Troy, and I'm happy to share it with everyone, is you? it's very binary. You either have a conversation and schedule it for 90 days or sooner if there's an appetite, or two, you leave a message and send a personalised email, okay? And the personalised email is, hey, Troy, as a valued client, I just left you a message to see if you're looking to, um, you know, buy or sell or if I can help you with a price update on your property. And we've found over the last few weeks the response rate from a phone call is practically zero. The response rate to an email is about 70%. So that's one pillar just there. So um, how, you, how do you feel about that, Troy, based on the clients you've been working with? I, I absolutely think it's imperative, Adrian, that you don't have a one strategy fits all. And my strategy yeah. is not just calling because, as you said, you can leave six messages and no one responds. Um, I do yeah. think it's a layered approach. I know that we've spoken in the past about the layers of attraction, and I think it applies to past sales and past clients 1,000%. The fact that yeah. you give a message, they see a signboard, they get something in the mail, they get a personalised email of you following up, all of those yeah. things make them re-engage with you. Adrian, I also love the fact that creating clients for life is a multiplier effect. So let's say the average agent is selling 20 properties per year. If they have a follow-up strategy every 12 months around those past clients, year two, if they make the same sales and not any improvements, that's 40 clients that they have an opportunity to reach out with and give an up-to-date market appraisal with some key insights and information to help yeah. them make the right decision. There's a really interesting yeah. moment in time I'm finding as well, Adrian, right now is that ownership isn't traditionally the seven-year cycle anymore. I'm finding that a lot of people that maybe bought early 2020, even 2019, are thinking about bringing their property back on the market because they're seeing yeah. that capital growth and they're realising that it may be time for them to upsize or upgrade or transfer into a sea change or tree change. So the relevant mm. conversations for our agents right now is don't think that just because they bought in 2020 or just before, they're not in a position to make decisions based on the return on their investment during that period. Incredibly important yep. to see the opportunity to make 
make sure that you have a strategy in place and every single mm. time, like Adrian said, that one pillar, every 30 days, mm. you give relevant information to enable them to make the right decisions or at least start a conversation is the point of yeah. difference you need in a very competitive agent market right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the second pillar is a simple one. Um, even though we're doing a personalised email, if we can't reach them, what we're doing is, I don't like the term, but it is generic because we are creating an e-newsletter of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, that's got to go out every 30 days, so every month, if you like. And it needs to add value, though. So you've got to have recent sales. You've got to have current listings. You've got to have a call to action. You've got to have an update about the market. You've got to have a recent blog or something that's that's adding value. So I think that's an automation side of the business, which has yep. got to happen. Um, the third pillar is rather than anniversary call, I'm talking about it, personally delivering an anniversary gift, whether that's a bottle of wine, whether it's a bottle of champagne, whether it's a gift card, that needs to be happening on an annual basis with a handwritten personalised card. So that's, that. In, you know, when you look at those three pillars, um, you know, if that's something that's set and forget, and on top of that, what you're doing is you're geo-targeting just listed, just sold off the back of every time you list and sell a property. And if that past client falls into that geo-target, well, they're also going to be contacted at that particular point. And that doesn't need to be complicated either. Once you list a property, spend one hour geo-targeting your entire database, which includes past clients. When you sell a property, invest one hour geo-targeting by calling um, your past clients and pipeline sellers. The, the last one, which I quite like to do as well, Troy, is uploading your past client's email address into Facebook. I really like that strategy because the algorithm uh, disseminates quite a lot of information through that particular method. So that can be a quite good one as well. Adrian, and to take it one step further, I know that we've discussed this, but what an amazing opportunity if Facebook isn't the platform you use very often. And for a lot of real Mm. estate agents, it's become the set and forget formula, but a lot of people are now on Mm. Instagram. Imagine every past client you actually put as a subcategory friend group on Instagram and you're giving them constant information that they get mm. in a relevant and timely manner. Like I just think that that's a, that's a gold strategy. Why? Why? Because you're showing them the stories that you need to show them. You're engaging with them on a much deeper level. You're connecting with them. And so every single result, every single activity that really makes you stand out, they're getting that information in real time. And I would think yep. it's exactly the same as the Facebook strategy, but on a more detailed level. So have a great auction result, share that live video with them, give them an update to say, hey, as a valued past client, like pick up the phone as a valued past client of mine, I just wanted to let you know, we just sold 123 Smith Street for a record price at auction, just around the corner from where you are. Really excited mm-hmm. to see the results continue. If you need anything, reach out to me. They're the type of yep. tools that are free, Um, that we can use and we can execute quite quickly. And again, I think it's right, Adrian, you said a long time ago to me, you have to have a top of mind strategy with every single activity you do. So yes, all of the things that we've spoken about and discussed is super important, but had to be top of mind when your clients are thinking, "Mm, maybe I should sell and have something in their inbox or something appear on Facebook or something appear on Instagram from you Mm -hmm. is where you see the best results. Yeah, absolutely. So then we launch into expired listings. Now, this is a delicate area for a lot of agents. Now, obviously, if you're the incumbent selling agent, you don't want any other agent chasing your listing. Um, If you're 
the agent chasing expired listings, sometimes you've got a very good relationship with the other agent. And the last thing you want to be seen to do is step on their toes or contacting their client while they're under agency agreement. So I understand all of that. And it's an area we haven't had to worry about for the last couple of years, Troy, because the list to sell ratio has been almost a hundred percent. The list to sell ratio at the moment, um, you know, not necessarily at auction, but either at before or after auction has obviously reduced and that'll continue. Um, even though the market's recalibrating and finding it's, a position it's happy with at the moment. I think things will move forward and everyone will accept the new reality that we're in a normal market, which there's nothing nothing wrong with that at all. Um, so what are your thoughts, Troy, on best practice, but also best ethics when it comes well, to expired yeah, listings? Adrian, as you know, I'm a big believer of transparency and integrity uh, in everything that I do. Um, it would be remiss of me not to say that since I started in the industry in the early 2000s, that every single real estate seminar, coach, training session has said to me in the past that you need to have a past or expired, sorry, not a past, an expired listings strategy from a prospecting yep. perspective. Um, I think that everyone knows the importance of doing it ethically. Um, I am very, very mindful of people that are within agency and you never want to blur those lines. Um, I would come from a position of assistance in the first instance in regards to um, buying a property. I would be giving them information if they haven't sold, the potential of them um, buying something has probably been delayed as well. So they would be active in the market. Um, I would be giving them information that helps them buy in the first instance. Um, I would also be tracking the property. And Adrian, I think everyone that's you know part of this group and part of this strategy also tracks their properties from list mm to result or list, to passing, to expired, to post-auction. Um, you should have a strategy. Now, you want to make sure that it's done correctly. You want to make sure that you're doing it with integrity. But I think if you start with trying to help the client in the first instance, that's a different conversation instead of just looking at it from a transactional point of view. I think agents that are just looking for transactions and not in the best mm. interest of the client are always going to be seen to do things incorrectly. If you come from a place of care and wanting to add value to the result and getting a premium result for the client, you're definitely going to differentiate yourself in the market. Now, yeah. also, every agent that's been within the business has probably had a property that's been expired. Anyone that's had experience over the past seven to 10 years that's been in real estate sales has had a property at some point in their career expire. Um, every single agent that's been in the real estate industry for the past seven to 10 years has also probably approached a property that has expired from a competing agent. You need to make sure that you're very clear about what you're trying to achieve for that client. It's not a it's not a cash grab. It's not a um, fight for just listings and having them on real estate. It's not a personality issue in regards to um, the agent that's previously represented the property. But you may have a fresh set of eyes and you may have a different strategy or you may be re representing a different type of approach to sale. Um, nothing's off limits. And it's not to say just because they got the listing first time around that it's been successful and they have um, total monopoly over that sale. So I think it's a really, it is a gray area, Adrian. I think we 
have to come from a place with integrity and balance. And I think we have to do what's in the best interest of the client. It has to be not about the transaction. It has to be about the value of the property and the value of the um, what we provide our clients. But I think if you tick those boxes and you do it in a respectful way, um, there's definitely upside to, to actually attracting those expires. And the reality is, as I said earlier in the podcast, there is quite a number of properties that have come on the market in earlier this year that have sat on the market for three, four months now and haven't mm. had a result. Now, in the best interest of our clients, we need to sell those properties. From an industry perspective, yeah. we need to get them a great result. And it can be from an education perspective, but it also can be just dealing with the right buyers and showing the value of that particular home. Every buyer, sorry, every property out there actually has a buyer for it. It's actually just connecting the dots. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my recommendation for anyone listening is is firstly, as Troy said, have a tracking process. So the tracking process is quite simple. I mean, really, you need to be aware of anything that's on the market for 90 days or more. Um, Number two, I would have a quite curated, tight geographical pocket that I was looking at or tracking from an expired listings point of view. So what I mean by that is if you had a success marketing strategy around just listed, just sold, whether that was letterbox dropping, social media or door knocking, cold calling, I think that can be quite broad, Troy, okay? But when it comes to expired listings, I I think you need to really focus on on one, maybe two suburbs only um, because what that's going to allow you to do is avoid the unethical behaviour of actually knocking on someone's door who's already got another agent's sign board out the front, which which you and I um, certainly don't condone. Um, however, what it will allow you to do is have high degree of product knowledge, high degree of intimacy, and a much higher chance of that person being in your database where you have actually had a conversation and a relationship with them at some point, earning you the right to touch base with them, as you said, Troy, and see how their purchasing requirements going. Um, you know how the camper can is. You know, is there any way that you can assist or support in any way, and 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 trigger a dialogue at that particular point? And if that means speaking to the incumbent agent based on the owner's instructions um, to provide a conjunction, that's great. If it means that the owner was likely to call you or someone else anyway. Um, then that's that might be a narrative that that could potentially occur. But again, you know, knocking on the door of someone who's got an agent signboard out the front certainly certainly not the the type of thing we want to get into practice of. No, no, one hundred percent. All right, listeners, episode number 134 coming to an end. Thank you so much again for joining us on the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. We're going to be coming to you at the same time, same channel next week. Obviously, with all your questions answered, Adrian, we're going to be focused on the run until the end of the financial year next week. We're going to be talking a little bit about the detail of what people need to do to ensure that they have a fantastic end to the quarter and wrapping up the financial year, but also setting themselves up for the next financial year. And there's a couple of key things that we can be doing right now that are preparing us for success. It's coming up to May. We're on the precipice of a couple of months to go in the financial year. So here we go. Let's do the final ramp up. Let's make sure that 2022 is finished very strong and we move into FY23 with a lot of momentum. We know agents actually that have momentum in Q1 of the financial year, Adrian, actually have momentum throughout the entire financial year. So super critical, super important. Can't wait to see you next week. Thanks again for joining us. That's it. Episode number 134 coming to a close. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, listeners.